Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold, on a Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, our regular meeting time here on the ACC Tailgate. I wanted to thank all nine of you that viewed our last episode on Monday. Uh, big big news in the ACC. Well, I don't know if it's big news, but it's a, it's a nice little benchmark for the ACC because I would assume you're not watching the show unless you're, you know, an, a fan of an ACC team. And I believe this is the first weekend uh, that all 15 ACC teams are actually going to be playing on the same day. So that's actually kind of a nice little, it's a nice little benchmark to have, especially in these times where we're actually seeing it a lot. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, NFL games getting canceled, you know, that's starting to trickle in a little bit more. And then you're seeing some uh, college games getting canceled as well. Obviously, uh, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID. And so in a world where we didn't know what to expect as far as sports are concerned uh, this year, really, there were those that really didn't even know if we'd get sports at all this year. Uh, It's really nice that we can say tomorrow for the first time all season, Every single ACC team is going to be playing. Now, while that's fine and dandy, it comes, it would be more exciting if there were more exciting games to watch tomorrow. And we're going to go, you know, kind of like I explained on Monday. Mondays are going to be our day to kind of reflect on what happened, what happened prior. And then Fridays are going to kind of be our day to look ahead to the coming you know, games that weekend. And, you know, while all 15 teams in the ACC are, ACC are playing tomorrow, um, not a ton of exciting games to watch. I mean, we'll go, we'll go over the schedule right here, uh, right now. You know, you've got number five, UNC at Florida state, you know, Florida state's one and three Carolina's three. No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, Florida State is kind of in rebuild mode. I mean, they've got a new coach, and, you know, meanwhile, Carolina is 
got a lot of momentum going for him right now. And I'd, I don't know what resistance FSU is actually going to provide for the Tar Heels down in Tallahassee. Uh, that one's actually a primetime game, ABC, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, next, you got number one, Clemson at Georgia Tech. You know, the line for that one is Clemson by 27. I mean, they're, the Yellow Jackets, after a nice weekend last weekend, they're probably going to get steamrolled by Clemson. You Next, you got Pitt at Miami. That one's – actually, you know what? I didn't think about this. Prior, there's actually one game, which is the last one I'm going to mention on this schedule. Um, this one actually kind of fascinates me a little bit um, because Pittsburgh is actually kind of trying to pick up the – both of these teams are kind of trying to pick up the pieces right now. You know, Pitt, they started out the season ranked, um, you know, kind of in the back part of the top 25, and then, you know, they kind of fell out. They got upset by Boston College last weekend and they're kind of trying to regather themselves and try and pick up the pieces and get a little bit of steam going the other way now. On the other hand, Miami just got steamrolled by Clemson. You know, it was the big primetime game of last weekend and it really didn't end up being all that great of a game. You know, we thought or I maybe I don't know we I thought that if Miami could do certain things, aka keep up with Clemson's explosive offense that's scored at least 24 points, even when they've lost four out of the five times that they've lost since 2015. Uh, If they could have done that, if they could have locked down Trevor Lawrence better with their pass rush and then lock up Travis Etienne, which the opposite of those two things happened. I mean, Lawrence and Etienne went on a, they just went the complete other way. Uh, so Miami's kind of trying to pick up their pieces as well. Um, they're still ranked, you know, the number 13. So that that one's actually kind of interesting for those, you know, kind of story and plot lines. Next you got Syracuse, and shout out to my dude uh, Peter Berg, uh, my loyal Syracuse fan listener. Uh, they've got Liberty at Syracuse. Uh, Liberty's actually, I believe – that one's actually projected to be close. Liberty's 4-0 while Syracuse is kind of 1-3 and and struggling. So let's hope for the sake of the ACC that Syracuse can actually uh, pull that one off and maybe get a little something going. Next, you got Louisville, who's been a disappointment this year against number four Notre Dame at Notre Dame. That one ain't going to be close. The line for that one's 16.5 in favor of Notre Dame. So that that one ain't going to be close. And then you got Duke at NC State. NC State's got a lot of momentum. Duke did get a win last week, but NC State's got a lot of momentum building up, so I expect them to take care of business at home against Duke. Then you got UVA at Wake Forest. I expect uh, UVA to probably edge that one out. Both of those teams are one and two. UVA is kind of trying to pick up the pieces as well, while Wake Forest is just being Wake Forest. Uh, You know, Wake Forest has just been kind of – really going downhill since midway through last year. I mean, they they appeared to be a solid team last year. And then, you know, they got on a roll and then things just kind of fell apart. And, you know, as we've talked about on this show, you know, they 
when it comes to trying, you can't, you know, between the NFL and college football, you know, each week is so important, but I think it's more so in college football than it is in the NFL. Um, and, you know, Wake Forest, they just started to lose a game here, lose a game there. And, you know, then, then they ended up losing Jamie Newman, uh, Chaz Surratt, uh, not Chaz Surratt, uh, Sage Surratt, the other Surratt brother that's at Wake Forest. You know, they're one of their top wide receivers, maybe one of the top wide receivers in the country. He opts out this year because of COVID and things like that. So I just Wake Forest is just taking a punch right now. Um, and then uh, the eight o'clock game on ACC Network, which is the one I personally find the most interesting. Uh, and shout out, we've got a few new viewers in here. Hello, hope everybody's doing well. Um, uh, happy Friday to everybody. Uh, Boston College and Virginia Tech seems the most interesting to me. Um, you know, Virginia Tech. Much, well, not exactly like Miami, but in ways they did get steamrolled by UNC. Now, it ended up being kind of a closer shootout than it should have been. You know, UNC kind of lost their grip on Virginia Tech at times in that game when really their score probably should have been similar to the Clemson-Miami score, which was like 40-something to like a – I forget, it was, it was like 40-something to 13, I think. It it was that lopsided in Clemson-Miami, and it should have looked that way. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech and UNC, you know, the way UNC just would, their run game just would put them out in front, burst by burst by burst. I mean, they got out to a 21 nothing lead early, and it just, ever so slightly, Virginia Tech would kind of break through and, you know, get a little close again, and then Carolina would take it away again, and then just back and forth, and it ended up just being kind of a close shootout. Um, but Virginia Tech still – now they're ranked. They're still ranked. You know, I was curious, actually, because I think – I believe last week, again, when that game was going on, I believe they were ranked number 19, and I was curious because of just the way UNC's run game and just offense as a whole, but really specifically the run game, and Daz Newsom at times. I was curious if that would send them out of the top 25 just because of that lackluster defensive performance. It didn't they're still in. Uh their top their top 25 ranked number 23, but I feel like Virginia Tech's still trying to figure out who they are. Um Hendon Hooker is expected to start. Um that one just you know, Boston College, on the other hand. You know, they, to me, are kind of the surprise of the ACC. Now, I don't know how much of a surprise, big surprise. I mean, they're not ranked or anything like that. But they are, to me, the surprise of the ACC. They're 3-1. and one. Uh, They got the win against Pitt last week. Now, granted, that was because of a missed field goal attempt by Pitt. But, you know, I think their new coach has them headed in the right direction. So I'm curious to see, because I feel like that's two teams that has a lot riding on this game. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, you know, they can't afford to take a loss like they did last week again. And, and it's like, what version of Virginia Tech are we going to get? Are we going to get the version that completely steamrolled over NC State earlier in the season? 
or are we going to get the version of Virginia Tech that got steamrolled by UNC last week? It's like, what what are we going to get? And you're going up against a Boston College team that's got a lot of momentum and a lot riding on this game. I mean, this is a ranked team we're talking about here in Virginia Tech. If Boston College can put it together and get a, get a win against Virginia Tech, they, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know how close they are to the conversation of being in the top 25, but I will say this. If they could get a win against Virginia Tech tomorrow night, I think they're in the conversation. I don't I don't think a win against Virginia Tech would put them in the top 25, but I think that win would put them just under the top 25, and if they were to keep it up, they would find their way into the top 25. So both teams have a lot riding on this game. Uh, I think Boston College is it's only they've only got things to gain out of this game. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, has a lot more to lose in this game because, you know, if Boston College loses to Virginia Tech, you know, it's like, all right, well, we had a lot of momentum and we finally, you know, got taken out by a ranked team. So be it. We're on the right track. Whereas Virginia Tech, if they go out and they lose this game to Boston College, they're they're already headed in the wrong direction. And this you know, potential loss to Boston College could send them even further back, and it would definitely send them out of the top 25. So um, that, to me, along uh, along with Pitt-Miami, I think those are the two games that are the most interesting to me in the ACC this weekend. Again, not a lot of great games like there were last weekend, but there are two, the you know, Pitt and Miami uh, and Virginia Tech. Boston College. Again, that will be at Virginia Tech at uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on ACC Network. So there's a lot going on in the sports world. Um, I actually kind of I kind of want to go into some ACC basketball today. You know, I talked about it a little bit last time. You know, as great as things have been for ACC football this year, we tend to to kind of forget, oh, wait, basketball is actually what ACC country is known for. So the fact that, you know, our football is this good, and then we got basketball coming in right behind it, especially this year with everything going on, it's just so great to see that. But I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit probably later in the show um, and kind of talk about some of the teams that I think are interesting this year. And ironically enough, uh, you know, we talk a lot or have talked a lot about how ACC football had a down year last year to the point where literally Clemson was being questioned and wondering if all their wins and their record had asterisks because the competition was just so bad in the ACC. That 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 was what the ACC football situation looked like last year. Obviously, it's the 180 opposite this year. Similarly, ACC basketball actually had a down year last year as well. I mean, when you think about it, because now granted, you know, Duke, well, let's just look at it this way. The, Duke had a great team last year, but we kind of got spoiled with Zion. That's like saying we got spoiled with LeBron. We got so, We got spoiled with MJ. We just got spoiled with Zion to the point where last year when 
Coach K had a really good, really physical Duke team. We're like, eh, but are they really all that? Like, that is how good Zion and R.J. Barrett and others were together to the point where we started to maybe doubt, was Duke really even that good? You know, because, And then obviously you had to put into question, you know, Carolina, they had a horrible year, one of the worst years under Roy Williams. Uh, it was one of his worst years in his career. And, like, it was his first, I believe – now, I don't know if this is counting both Carolina and Kansas or if it was just counting Carolina, but this was, I believe, the first losing season that Roy had ever had. Again, I don't know if it's both Carolina and Kansas or just UNC. This was, I believe, the second time uh, that Carolina, under his watch, had not made the tournament. Now, the first one of those two was in 2010 after they won it all in 09 with that juggernaut. I mean, juggernaut. We talk, I talked about this a little bit on the last episode when I was talking about the duo of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne was very similar to 09 Carolina's Tyler Hansborough and Ty Lawson duo. That team, it, it's hard you know, and I get it how good Carolina was in 2016 and 2017 and 2012 when they should have won it, but, you know, Kendall Marshall had to go and break his wrist. And we, you know, not bitter, not bitter, but we should have won it if he wouldn't have hurt his wrist. But uh, it's hard for me to put any, it, not even just Carolina teams, it's hard for me to put any college basketball team ahead of that 09 Carolina team. And while it might, and maybe it's slightly, if we're being completely honest, maybe it is a slight bias towards Carolina on that statement, that audacious statement I just made. But part of it really isn't, though, because when you actually take a look at that team, that 09 Carolina team, they literally, I believe they set a record. They won every single tournament, March Madness tournament game by at least 20. Or no, no, it won by at least. It was by double digits that they won every single game of the tournament. That's the record. Nobody, nobody's ever done that before. That's how good this team was. That's how dominant this team was. You know, I talked about it, I think, last week about how that's kind of what – no, no, no. I, I said that LSU last year in football reminded me of kind of the Warriors. I actually think that LSU team, with how dominant they were offensively last year – they actually reminded me a lot of that Carolina 09 team because that's just how dominant they were. Um, not to mention that the two most recent championships that Carolina has won, 09 and 2017, both of them, and I actually didn't think about this until actually just now. I knew this was the case for 2017, but I didn't think about it until just now that it was the case in 09 as well. Both of those times that they won the national championship, were hashtag revenge season, revenge tour season, both of them. Because if you remember, and my Carolina fans definitely remember this because it's it it still leaves a bitter taste in my mouth, uh, how Kansas kicked us around in the final four uh, in the semifinals back in 08 when Carolina was one of the teams favored to win it all and then you know got beat by Kansas in the national semis. And then we come back and completely obliterate everybody in 09. And the same thing happened 
with the epic buzzer beater that took out Carolina in the national championship game with Villanova back in 2016. And then here we go again, revenge tour in 2017. They got it done. I actually didn't think about that till just now. So revenge tour again this year because, you know, there was a lot of hate and doubt put on Roy Williams' back specifically uh, last season because it was his first losing season. They It was it's his second. You know, oh, God, he's had one losing season and two seasons in his tenure where he hasn't gone to the playoffs, uh, which is pretty incredible when you actually think about it. Uh, that's one of the teams, and we'll get in, we'll get into that a little bit more a little later in the show. Uh, that's that to me. That's that's one of the teams to watch. Carolina, it's going to be 180 this year. I'm telling you. You know, Duke's going to be at the top, and I don't want to get into it too much now because I want to get into it more in depth later in the show. But Carolina's about to do a 180. They've got again, surprise. They've got one of the top recruiting classes coming in this year. Walker Kessler and others. Uh, returners from last year, Garrison Brooks, who was Mr. Bucket uh, for Carolina last year, uh, may have been one of the highest scores in college basketball, even then it was, for, you know, it didn't mean anything because Carolina just wasn't winning any games. But believe me, Carolina, we're cut, you know, and, and you know, what's bad when Carolina fans are doubting Carolina, like it wasn't just it wasn't just Duke fans and it wasn't just other team fans of other teams out uh, around the ACC. It was Carolina's own fans that were like, eh, we might want to think about, you know, Roy Williams might be done. Like, get out of here. Uh, I don't want to go too much down that road because I just sound like a bitter fan at that point. But anyway, uh, back to uh, ACC football. I kind of want to go to this. Um, so... I want to preface this uh, this little segment here. Uh, I love celebrations. I love uh, I love bat flips like Acuna. I love it makes me so happy watching people get pissed off at Fernando Tatis for the Padres when he you know that that game where uh, I don't think it was a playoff game, but it was kind of late in the season when. You know, they were up big. I don't remember who they were playing uh, at the time, but they were up big. It was 3-0. He swung on a 3-0 pitch, jacked a nuke into the opposite field gap or corner. I think it was oppo. But social media went nuts for the next several days about, oh, you know, the unwritten rules, the code of baseball. Like, get, get the hell out of here with that. Like, I love celebration. I love, like, get him out. Beat him. Do better. Be better. If you don't want to see him celebrate like that, stick it up his rear end. Then, if you don't like it so much, like it just, it, I can't stand that. Oh, don't gl- like. I love celebrations. That's one of the things I love so much about the NFL are the celebrations. Like, what are they going to do this time? That that's one of the things that makes Cam Newton my favorite football player. Even though now he's with the Patriots, Panther fan. Um, it's just his confidence and just. The Superman, the dancing on him, the dab, even though it's kind of dead now. It died, you know, that night when we lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl. But I love celebrations if you can back it up. I hate celebrations when you can't back it up, which which is fair. So I wanted to preface this segment with that. While, and I'm actually about to somewhat call out, not call out, but challenge my own team, the Tar Heels, 
uh, right now. So obviously, Carolina's got their turnover uh, WWE belt. Obviously, Pitt has you know their little slam dunk thing they did for turning when they get a turnover. Obviously, NC State now you know you know NC State's been good for three games you know finally, and now they've got now they've got their own little turnover celebration with the big dog bone. Uh, and then obviously the most iconic around the ACC and really in college football of all of them is the turnover chain that Miami has. Perfectly fine with it. I actually love it. I'm going to, ch- I'm not, I'm going to challenge all four. Well, NC state's not in the conversation yet of teams that could challenge Clemson, but here is my thing. And here's where I'm going with this. It's great to have celebrations for turnovers. Carolina's got one. NC State's got one. Pitt's got one. Miami has one. I'm going to challenge those teams to take it a step further. Since we know you're going to celebrate when you get these turnovers and gloat about it, take it the next step and show Clemson something. Do something about that. because. Here's why. When Clemson gets a turnover and when Clemson makes things happen, you know how they celebrate? By scoring more points and beating you and winning championships. That's how Clemson celebrates. Their celebration is the champagne party after they win a natty. Now, it wasn't this year because we got Joe Burrow in the cigar, but when they win a natty, that's when they celebrate. So, while I love, you know, the pizzazz and the charisma and the bravado of these touchdown and turnover celebrations, specifically of UNC, Miami, Pitt, uh, and NC State that they've kind of trademarked, let's take it a step further now. Because while you have your little celebration, when you get a turnover, Clemson celebrates by putting up more points and winning games and winning championships. That's the next bar that I'm challenging each one of these teams. Now, NC State's a little further out, but UNC. Now, Miami had their shot last week, and they got steamrolled. So they already had their crack at it, and we saw how that went. UNC's not going to get a crack at it in the regular season. They're only going to get a crack at it in the ACC title game, potentially, I think. I don't think they play in the regular season. Uh, I don't know when NC State plays Clemson or when Pitt plays Clemson, but they're up next. So love the celebrations, love the bravado, take it a step further and show Clemson something. Give them a little competition. Make it interesting. So that was fun. I kind of wanted to go there just because, you know, I I love this. I love the season that the ACC is having. It makes me so happy, you know, as a fan of one of the ACC teams, as somebody who grew up in ACC country, loving the ACC, watching the ACC all the time. It makes me so happy to see ACC football doing as well as it's ever done this year. It makes me so happy that ACC basketball is coming and it's going to do incredible this year, as always, except for kind of last year was a lot, but, you know. Um, Typically, ACC is just, 
the best when it comes. They're the best. They're they they are the best conference that has the most teams that are that good. So, and one thing that I always have believed in, I think this is true in sports. I think this is true in life. I think this is true of people who are extremely successful. Um, as good as you might be now, and as much bravado as you might have because of it. Always challenge yourself to go to the next step, the next level, the next detail, that next thing. Always go higher. Unless you don't want to, which is fine. But I think, I think, you know, these teams want to take that next step. And I think they should really go after it. I mean, UNC, to me, UNC right now, you know, we saw what happened to Miami against Clemson. We saw you know, Virginia Tech, is, even though they're ranked in the back of the top 25, they're still trying to figure out their identity. Right now, I think Notre Dame and Carolina are the two teams on deck to potentially challenge Clemson. I know I've – and I've seen a lot of the comments. Uh, you know, Carolina, who even though they destroyed Virginia Tech offensively, the defense eh. – Virginia Tech, it was a track meet for for Virginia Tech, too. So, obviously, Carolina's defense is going to have to figure out that part of it, uh, you know, when they potentially go up against Clemson in the ACC title game. Um, so, that's going to, you know, and they barely, again, they barely squeaked out that win against Boston College. That wasn't in the bag either. So, a lot of you have questioned, you know, is Carolina really a team that could challenge Clemson? Like, really? And then I saw like, and then I saw like a bitter NC State fan, which NC State fans are always bitter against Carolina. Uh, he, I read a comment the other day. Some NC State fan was like, "Oh well, you know, you, well you're gonna go back to being bad after uh, Mac Brown's gone in five or six years." My guy. Five or six years is a pretty good, solid run. I don't think that a Mac, he called it a Mac Brown rental. I don't think that's a rental because five, six, you know, that's a pretty solid run as far as time is concerned. I think that's called we have a better coach, recruiter, team, quarterback than you, NC State fan. But we'll leave it at that. Uh, that was fun to get into. I didn't know if I was going to go there or not. But it's true, like five, six years, like, that's not a rental. That's a nice little run. That's longer than uh, LeBron was back in Cleveland full floor. Floor That was longer. Five, six years is longer than LeBron was back in Cleveland floor, which was only four years. Uh, yeah, so I went there. Um, but no, Carolina and Notre Dame, those are the two teams that I think are on deck as far as teams that could challenge Clemson. And, and Carolina – Carolina and Notre Dame, that's going to be a good that they will play uh at the end of November, November 27th, I believe. I forget who's hosting that. But you know, that's going to be interesting because while Notre Dame has one of the top uh run defenses, you know, Carolina has one of the top run games. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um but they're on deck, and I, I really want to see somebody, just anybody. Like, I'd love it for it to be Carolina, but even if it's Notre Dame, Miami, Virginia Tech, if they figure out who they actually are, 
later down the road. Like, I want to see somebody really challenge. I mean, because UVA Clemson in the ACC title game last year, that wasn't competitive. It, it, it wasn't. It was an, it's straight up ass kicking by Clemson. So I want to see somebody in the ACC really step up and say, hey, you ain't out of the woods yet, Clemson. We all, you might think you are, but here we are, whoever that is. So, um, by the way, if you are into sports betting, I wanted to take this time since we're about mid-show uh, to give a quick shout-out to one of our new sponsors. Um, we are now sponsored by American Betting Experts, You know, both this show, the ACC Tailgate, and all other shows across Chris Landry. Football, we're sponsored by American Betting Experts. It's one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We have teamed with them uh, to provide special gaming offers to all our loyal Landry football followers and podcast listeners. Shout out podcast listeners, by the way. I meant to do that early in the show. And here's what you do if you want to get involved with American betting experts. You're going to go to our site, uh, LandryFootball.com. You're going to click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You're going to pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, such as BT, or excuse me, such as Bet. MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel's, and PointsBet. Um, you're going to sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from either $100 all the way to $1,000. Uh, and it's literally that easy. So, again, you're going to go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, get in uh, on the action with special offers from American betting experts, Um that's a great way to get your betting fix in, your sports gambling fix in. Also, as I mentioned last time, sports cards are about to get really, really hot. Be getting educated on that. I would like to. Actually, that's actually an interesting. Uh, that's actually an interesting show idea here for Chris Landry football. If anybody's interested in that, but I know for me personally, I'm trying to learn and get more educated in sports cards. Um, uh, and by the way, feel free to uh, put in comments if you're listening live. You know, we, you know, I really, I stressed this in the first show and I want to stress it again here. Like I really want to build a community here. Uh, so I want to get to know each and every one of you listening either live or after it's already been posted on uh, our Twitch channel here on Chris Landry football. Uh, or if you're listening through our podcast, or on LandryFootball.com, which you could also go there and check us out. Uh, Really just want to build a community and get to know everybody as well as I possibly can. Uh, But yeah, sports cards, I'm trying to get educated. I'm trying to learn. Uh, Gotten, I've done okay so far. I'm still, I haven't had like a big flip just yet, but I kind of want to get into talking a little bit about that some too, because I just, I think it's fun and, you know, uh, we're all sports people here and, it's just another el- great element to loving sports. It's sports cards, sports betting, fantasy football, by the way. Uh, we do have a show on here uh, on Chris Landry Football about sports betting uh, and fantasy football. So uh, really check us out. Just, I mean, if you love football, we got it all here on Chris Landry Football. So um, I actually kind of want, since we're kind of mid-show, I want to wrap up talking a little bit about uh, ACC basketball. Um, but kind of since we're a little past mid show, 
I kind of want to go into some NFL news. Uh, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, and that's specifically where I want to go. Le'Veon Bell has just signed as of last night, I believe it was, but he's just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, as if they didn't have enough. They just had to go get a little bit more. Um, you know, I there's there's different areas you could go as far as talking about Le'Veon Bell uh, getting released by the Jets and now going to Kansas City. But I think I think the biggest part of all of that is going to be this. This is, I don't want to say this is it for Le'Veon Bell because I don't think it is. I think this is it for Le'Veon Bell as we knew Le'Veon Bell. And here's what I, let me explain. As we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell since he was on the Steelers. Like we just saw Le'Veon Bell on the Jets and he really didn't even play that much and he didn't have really any breakout games the little bit that he played and obviously he dealt with some injury but you know one thing that one thing that I think gets a little overlooked uh, amongst sports media and sports talk and things is really really the dynamic of what's going on in your locker room like I think people you know, assume things and, you know, they just assume, oh, well, he sucks, you know, or maybe he just, there's a bad situation a lot. Or if a team is struggling, maybe it's not that the team so much is bad talent wise and on paper, maybe there's a problem in the locker room. Maybe there's a problem up from the top because everything stems from the top. Um, Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, you're all delusional. Um, (laughs) But, uh. So I say that to say this, you know, Le'Veon Bell, you know, it was a little ugly when he left the Steelers. You know, he was trying to get paid. He sat out. They weren't really wanting to give him what he wanted. The Jets were. And as far as I understand, the management uh, changed. So Adam Gase did not want to give Le'Veon Bell that type of money. I believe he wanted to build the offensive line, which, you know, with Sam Darnold seeing ghosts and everything, probably a good idea, but I'm never going to complain about picking up one of the premier running backs in the league at the time. Um, But management changed since then, and so now Adam Gase was basically stuck with a running back that he never wanted in the first place. Um and and just the the vibe and the relationship just was never good between Gase and Bell, uh, and it, you know before you know it, Jets release Le'Veon Bell. Um, so it's kind of been ugly for both exits that Le'Veon Bell had, you know, with the Steelers and him trying to get paid, and now with you know Adam Gase and the Jets, it wasn't pretty, and you know pattern recognition is important in life and. You know, you see something enough times, you tend to start to believe, okay, maybe that's the way it is. So it's going to be very interesting to see how well Le'Veon, because, I mean, the Jets were garbage. Let's just say for what is Adam Gase, speaking of Adam Gase, he's probably going to be next out the door. But, I mean, the Jets are one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league right now. So Le'Veon Bell, he went from, 
a contender in the Steelers to garbage tanking, maybe for Trevor Lawrence, not intentionally, they're just that bad, um, to now with the contender and Super Bowl defending champions in the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think the moral of this story is this. If you can't get it done with basically the Golden State Warriors of the NFL right now, and you can't get it done with the snuggly teddy bear cheeseburger lover that is Andy Reid, that to me is on Le'Veon Bell if he can't get this done. And to me, that would be the end of Le'Veon Bell as we knew him, and he's just going to be another former stud of a running back that's trying to you know, put together something for the rest of his career. So uh, we'll see how that works out. You know, I don't know. You know, I I don't really have a prediction on it right at the moment. Uh, I'd like to think that he's going to do well there just because I think culture matters, and the Jets' culture was not good, quite frankly. We all know that if we follow it even at all. Even in the slightest, we know that the Jets' culture is garbage right now, and things need to change or else Sam Darnold is going to waste a good portion of his career in that crap environment. So that's a whole different topic on its own. Um, I also, so let's go ahead and go to ACC basketball. And, you know, I've, I've been focusing naturally because it's football season and basketball season's just a little, you know, it's, it's coming up. It's, it's still a little bit off in the distance, but it's coming. So, you know, I haven't peeled back the onion a ton on this stuff. This is more so me kind of thinking about how they left off last year and kind of what they've done in the meantime and where they look on the surface at the moment, just kind of off the top of my head, what I'm kind of noticing. The teams that I think, and and, and this isn't really news. It's not going to be a surprise. You know, Carolina and Duke, obviously going to be at the top again. Um but I was, I was actually looking at uh, a preseason early poll for the ACC that CBS Sports did. Actually, I believe they did this, put this out yesterday, and I agreed with a hundred percent because they had UVA actually as the preseason number one. And I gotta be honest, I don't think I had them at number one. Uh, I had just because I hadn't looked deep enough. I didn't have Duke or Carolina out in front. I kind of had them both neck and neck at number one. And after kind of doing a little more homework on it and really kind of understanding the nuances of things, then kind of proclaim one above the other. But CBS Sports actually had UVA at number one, which isn't surprising at all because UVA, if you remember, they were one of the teams that, you know, was kind of on that run, you know, after they, and, and it's actually kind of weird. They're still, they're still, UVA is actually still technically def- the defending champions, by the way, because you know we didn't crown a defending champion last year because of COVID. Yeah. So technically, they're still the national, the the defending national champions. But it was interesting to see because they've actually got one of the top defenses, really in college basketball, but definitely the ACC, and they're going to have that yet again this year. Uh, Tony Bennett, and it's just, it's a testament because Tony Bennett, they lost 
a good bulk of their firepower after winning that, as most college basketball teams do in this era. Um, they lost a bulk of their firepower after winning that national title. And the fact that Tony Bennett was able to get this team in a position to get back into the NCAA tournament because they they were one of the bubble teams, uh, you know, coming down the stretch of the season. And then they just, they played and got on such a streak that, all right, they were in, they're in. And, and then it was only really NC State that was a team in question. And, you know, that, that case forever remains open as to whether or not the Wolfpack were going to be able to get into the tournament. I'm leaning towards no because they suffered a few crucial losses really late. They had a shot after they smashed Duke at home, and then they just kind of crumbled and never really, never really put out enough again that would have got them into the tournament. But, yeah, I mean, Tony, it's just a testament there's just certain coaches, obviously Coach K, duh, um, Roy Williams, another one, uh, others around college basketball, but thinking just specifically the ACC, like you have to put Tony Bennett in that conversation. Like he just, he, he just, he always finds a way, like, like he loses the bulk of his firepower after winning a national title and he still finds a way to coach up his team and, and coaches that smash mouth type of defense that puts his team in a position to do whatever they needed to do to just get in a position to get into the tournament. They were able to do that last year. And because of that, and because of players that they're going to add this year, you know, they're, they're, according to CBS Sports, they are the number one in the preseason anyway. They're number one in the ACC, followed very closely by Duke and Carolina. Um, you know, Duke, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, Duke. They, we got spoiled by Zion, and and I remember sitting in those those post game press conferences with Coach K, where he was just talking about how like, you know, this wasn't, and it, it actually got a little bit of backlash from the media. Uh, go figure. But you know, he was every game like he was putting an emphasis on like, this is not a great basketball team. You know, you had Vernon Carey Jr., Trey Jones, Cassius Stanley, uh, others. But, and that, you know, obviously they were ranked in the top 10, but like, it's true. Like, it wasn't, as far as historic Duke teams, like, it wasn't a great team. Like, it was a very physical team, and it was kind of a smash mouth type of basketball team, but like, that ain't Zion. That ain't. And Coach K actually talked like I remember it. Like I remember this was after Duke had beat NC State at Cameron, and I remember sitting in that press conference and Coach K was putting an emphasis like, "We got spoiled by Zion, we got spoiled by Brandon Ingram, we got spoiled by Jabari Parker. This is a solid team, but this ain't a great basketball team. We're just finding a way to win." And he was putting an emphasis on that, and you know, for some reason, people just didn't like that. You know, I don't know. People are weird sometimes. Just, just like, just take it for what it is. Like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, they're gonna actually. And let me go here while we're on Duke. So they lost Vernon Carey Jr., which was expected because he was one of the top big men in college basketball last year. Uh, Trey Jones left for the draft. 
And Cassius Stanley also left for the draft. That was the one to me that I didn't quite understand. I Well, let me take that back. I understood it, but I think he needed another year at Duke. That was just my opinion. You know, uh, Cassius Stanley, he, he would have certain games, and we all saw this because, I mean, the dude was a highlight reel at times. When, when he was on, he was a highlight reel. You know, in my own opinion, I'm talking like Russell Westbrook, maybe slightly less than that because that's, I mean, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook is like off the charts, charts as, as far as, as explosion is concerned and just going at it every play. I don't think Cassius Stanley was quite there. But when he would jam it specifically, that's when I could see this. He had Russell Westbrook-like explosion. I'm, it just was that simple. The problem was he didn't have it. Like there were nights where he would show out like that like he did specifically, and I was there to see this one uh, when NC State played at Duke. Like he had like two ESPN top ten Sports Center jams that night. Just I'm talking just skywalking, and it was just unbelievable to see that he would have games like that, and then he would have games where you would forget he was on the court, where he would score like two points. For the game, two points. Like, he just, I don't know, like, he was too there, and then where is he? Like, he just, he was very inconsistent, I thought. And I felt like, even though this dude's got lottery pick type talent, he's got it. I think he needed one more year at Duke to really elevate that to consistent lottery pick type talent, not just on occasion. Uh, but again, like, you know, and I, I wish sports fans would understand this a little bit better. And I get it. Like, we, we're passionate about our teams. Uh, but when it comes to their life decisions, a.k.a. college athletes and their desire to go play at the professional level and actually get paid and actually start a life for themselves or in professional when – somebody's going to get paid more to go join another team. He might be leaving your team, but he's going to a better situation for him and his family, whether that's getting paid location or all of the above, all of it. You know, we got to, sometimes I just wish sports fans would kind of take a step back and realize like, I get it. Like, I love this guy. Like, I don't want to see him leave my team, but this is what's best for him and his life and where he's headed you know, not just screw off like you left my team. Like I can't stand like enough. Like, but that's a whole another tangent. But um, so yeah, UVA I expect to be at the top. UNC Duke obviously. As far as like fascinating teams, like the, to me those teams aren't fascinating because like I think we know what to expect for the most part. Carolina is going to be back. All that you. All of you that doubted and talked trash last year and said, uh, Roy might be done. Well, they're coming back this year, so that'll be fun to watch. And I'm gonna get it. I'm going to get immense joy in watching that just from a Carolina fan perspective. Because, like I mentioned earlier, there were Carolina fans that were talking crap and saying Roy should be done and he's past his prime and this is terrible and screw these guys. There were Carolina fans and I listen because I've listened to comments. Like I read cuz I want to know what you guys are thinking. And I was just like, "All right, 
Keep that energy next year when we're in the national championship again, or when we're in the conversation with one of the top teams in college basketball. Keep that same energy. I will remember that you said that. And Roy, we trust. Um, But the fascinating teams to me, and real quick, because we got to get out of here. Time flies when you're having fun here on ACC Tailgate on the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. To me, the fascinating teams in the ACC are going to be this. NC State and FSU. Because I personally think, now, kind of like how we were talking about UVA losing their firepower after they won their national championship two years ago, and kind of like how we were talking about how that 9 Carolina juggernaut team lost their all of their firepower in 2010, the next year, Florida State has lost some, you know, they lost Trent Forrest, they lost others, but Trent Forrest was like, the marquee guy, I think, and I think we could all agree if you paid attention to FSU basketball last year, Trent Forrest was the marquee guy uh, that led them to the regular season championship that they actually earned, and then the ACC championship that they got halfway during the tournament just because they were the highest-ranked seed and the pandemic hit and all that jazz. To me, I think too many people are sleeping on FSU. You know, I really – I believe in Leonard Hamilton as a coach – and I believe in the players that he's got coming back, the new ones he's got coming in, and I think that FSU is going to be right back in the conversation at the top of the ACC. I think they're being slept on a little bit by those who cover such things. And so just remember that. I'm going to put this on the record here and now. FSU is being slept on right now, and FSU will come back and make certain teams pay when it's all said and done. I just wanted to put that on the record because I just, I don't know. I just think they're being, I just got that weird feeling that, you know, I just got that weird feeling that FSU is going to screw up some stuff for some odd reason. Uh, And then I also think, and this is, I'm going to end with this. I think NC state is going to be an interesting team to watch, not because they're supposed to be just so great, but because as we already talked about, you know, they were kind of chasing getting into the NCAA tournament. They were a bubble team for most of the back half of the season. And they just, to me, they're just an interesting team. Like, I'm curious what they're going to do next. Obviously, they lost Markel Johnson, uh, who was really a, a, he was kind kind of like Cassius Stanley, only Markel Johnson was a senior uh, and Cassius Stanley was a freshman. So it was a little more understandable for a freshman. You know, Marco Johnson had nights where he would look all pro. All pro, this dude could could go top 10 in the draft. And then he would have nights where it's just like he can't make a – literally the lids were on the basket. Like he couldn't – There, he just he was kind of inconsistent. And that was really, in a weird way, kind of representational of how NC State was as a team. Like they – would have certain they would get on runs they would have certain nights like the night when duke came to their place and nc state obliterated them uh i mean obliterated them and then they'd have nights where they would lose to literally one of the worst teams in the acc by a good amount and it's just like who who is this like which version of nc state are we going to get so that's the question this year like what are we going to get from nc state and i i hate it for kevin keats because I think he could be coaching for his job this year. I hate to say that because I love – Kevin Keats is the swaggiest coach in college basketball. I don't care what anybody says. Like, Coach K's a goat. 
Roy Williams is a goat as well. Ain't nobody messing around with Kevin Keats when it comes to drip. And he likes to be called drip, but when it comes to the just swag, the charisma, ain't nobody messing around with Kevin Keats. I'm just here to I'm just here to tell you that and put that on the record. Great guy, really cool dude. He loves to joke around, but I'm afraid that like I'm worried that much like Dave Doran, NC State football, what is coaching for his job this year after eh, a little mediocre last couple years, he seems to be on the right track this year now at three and one with some momentum building down there at Carter Finley Stadium. I'm worried that Kevin Keats is coaching for his job too, just because. I mean, he's put up several 20-win seasons, I think, like maybe the last three seasons, and he's been – I mean, they were on the bubble last year, and, you know, it's just – they're okay, but it's like you've got to do something more than just okay after a while. And so I'm worried that if he puts up a subpar, maybe even an average season and doesn't get in the NCAA tournament and has an early exit – in the ACC to- tournament, or maybe if they even if they make the NCAA tournament and have like a first or second round exit, I'm worried that he might. Like I, I don't know. Like that could get interesting. So I'm just curious. And the thing is, NC State's got a lot of returners, so that's why I think you know they lost Markel Johnson, but they got DJ Funderburk coming back. They've got Manny Bates coming back. They've got Devin Daniels coming back and others. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yet again, what version of NC State is going to show up this year? Uh, So that is going to wrap us up for this edition and this week of ACC Tailgate here on Chris Landry Football. You can follow us here on our Twitch channel. We'd love to have you. If if you're into football, like, again, like we got fantasy, we got ACC, we got SEC, we we got all the different conferences in the Power Five. We got NFL, fantasy, I mean, recruiting. Like, we got it all here. Uh, Chris Landry really on top of his P's and Q's just when it comes to football in general. Uh, So be sure to follow us here and get more uh, of our content. Check us out on LandryFootball.com. Check me out at Wilburn Gold. Uh, That's my social handle down there in the bottom left side of your screen. I'd love to get to know each and every one of you. Ask me questions. Let me know what I can be doing better to make this show better. Uh, And we also want to thank our sponsor, uh, the American Betting Experts, So that's going to do it here on a Friday. Hope you have a great weekend of ACC football, NFL football, and quite frankly, whatever the hell you're going to be doing this weekend that you're going to be having a blast with. So, And who you're going to be having that blast with. We'll see you Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on ACC Tailgate. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.